And so today we are wrapping up our four-part series that we call the Simple Series. In this series, we've been describing and explaining in some detail that model of ministry that we're presently pursuing here at Holy Cross, a model of ministry designed to help us be more authentic disciples of Jesus Christ and to help others be more authentic disciples of Jesus Christ. Indeed, being disciples of Jesus Christ and helping others to be disciples and to do the same is the church's primary mission. In fact, we read famously in Matthew's gospel, Jesus before his ascension and after his resurrection. But Matthew begins in chapter 28 and in verse 18, and Jesus came and he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so I have the authority, listen to me, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so since this is what Jesus wants us to be doing, he wants us to be disciples, he wants us to be helping others to be disciples, at Holy Cross we're trying to make this simple purpose the primary thing, of everything that we do. And the process for accomplishing this simple purpose is as simple as the purpose itself. Indeed, in order to be disciples of Jesus Christ ourselves and to help others be disciples, we are committing ourselves and inviting others to the pursuit of four simple steps. Now, to get a handle on this process, we've created a simple visual and the first step is worship God regularly. The second step, as we talked about it a few weeks back, is grow together faithfully. Worship God regularly. Grow together faithfully. Last week we talked about serving others lovingly. And the fourth step is mature in Christ continuously. And today, that's what we're talking about, this fourth and last step. Mature in Christ continuously. Indeed, the ultimate goal of the Christian life is not just getting stuff from God or admiring Jesus from afar. Rather, the goal of the Christian life is becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Indeed, the goal of the Christian life is growth in spiritual maturity. And this goal of growth and spiritual transformation that's becoming more and more like Jesus Christ is, is not so much a destination at which we arrive, at least not in this life, but rather an ongoing spiritual journey, if you will, from one level of spiritual maturity to another. Indeed, maturity in Christ is not so much a goal that we finally achieve as it is an exciting and life-changing transformation process that never ends. Indeed, I heard Chuck Swindoll put it this way once, the plan of the Christian life is not spiritual perfection, but spiritual progress. The plan of the Christian life is not spiritual perfection, but spiritual progress. Or as someone else famously said, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much just to leave you there. 
And so maturing in Christ is a dynamic, ongoing process. And because it's a process, change and growth are essential to it. Indeed, if you're not changing and growing and maturing spiritually, that's because you aren't engaged in the process. Sometimes uh, people talk about, uh, you know, being on a journey. Um, but too often this kind of language is used as some sort of a left-handed explanation for why the quality of the Christian life isn't quite what they know it should be. Well, you know I'm on a journey. <laughs> but if as Christians we're growing and maturing the way we ought to be growing and maturing, as time goes by, if, if, if we aren't spiritually adulting, to use contemporary language, that's because we're not on a journey and we're not engaging the process. Indeed, if week after week and month after month and year after year, as is sometimes the case, we aren't growing and maturing in our faith and practice, that's not because we're on a spiritual journey. That's because, in fact, we are not on a spiritual journey. Indeed, if we're not growing and changing and maturing spiritually and becoming more and more like Christ, that's because we've gotten off the road that leads to spiritual transformation and change and have instead set up camp somewhere along the side of the road. And because of this, the maturing process within us has been short-circuited. And that was the problem, by the way, with the believers at Corinth. If you are familiar with Paul's letters to the Corinthians, the quality of their common life had stagnated, and they weren't growing. In fact, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, rather difficult words to read, perhaps. But Paul says to them, I, brothers and sisters, I couldn't address you as spiritual people when I was with you. That is, people who were growing and maturing in the things of the Spirit. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't talk to you like people like that. Rather, I had to talk to you as people of the flesh, people of, who were driven by the fallen human nature, as infants, he says, that is, as babies, as those who were spiritually immature, as infants in Christ. He said, I fed you milk as like from a bottle. That is, uh, the, the basics. And I couldn't give you solid food, which is a reference to teaching beyond the basics. For you weren't ready for it, he said. And even now you're not ready. Even though they should have been ready, lots of time had passed. In fact, if you read the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul spent lots of time in Corinth. Two and a half years founding the church there. He continues on, he says, for, our, 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 for you are still of the flesh. He says, for while there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way that is behaving just like people who don't even make a claim to follow Christ? And sometimes in the church, that's just how people act. The same problem, problem existed to, amongst the believers to whom the writer to the Hebrews is writing. In Hebrews chapter 5 and beginning at verse 11, we read his words. He says to this group, he says, that, and about this, he's a particular subject that he was talking about. And about this particular subject, I have much to say, but it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. The spiritual dullness. 
For though by this time you ought to be teachers of these things, <laughs> to know them well enough and understand them that you can share them with others. But you need someone again to teach you the basic principles of the Word of God. We have, I have to take you back to the ABCs. You need milk, baby food, and not solid food. Indeed, these believers weren't growing, they weren't maturing, but instead they were suffering from a sort of spiritual retardation. Adequate time had passed, allowing for growth and change in maturity. Unfortunately, they weren't growing, and they hadn't grown. And unfortunately, sometimes this is still a problem in the church today. In fact, I remember a few years back, at the end of one of the belonging courses, and uh, we had a, what would you call it, a, a survey at the end, and one of the questions was, well, how would you describe yourself at the beginning of the course? And this person who uh, was advanced in age and had been in the church all of his life wrote, at the beginning of the course, I would describe myself as a novice. And then at the end it says, and how would you describe yourself now that you've taken the course? And he said, as a novice. <laughs> and all his life in the church, something broke down somewhere. And yet, maturity in Christ is the goal of the Christian life. As someone has written, there's no reward for admiring Jesus. Jesus isn't looking for admirers. <laughs> Rather, the writer continues, Jesus is looking for followers, for disciples, who are actively learning from him how to live their lives as he lived his. Indeed, the goal of the Christian life isn't just about believing certain things, although what we believe is important. And the goal of the Christian life isn't just about doing certain things and not doing other things, which of course is important too. Rather, the goal of the Christian life is to be constantly becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Indeed, this is the sine qua non, to use a Latin tag, without which nothing. The sine qua non of authentic discipleship, Christ-likeness. And this is the difference between authentic discipleship and cultural Christianity. Indeed, Jesus doesn't just mean to be our Savior so He can forgive us of our sins, or to be our deliverer and give us peace of mind when we find our mind troubled and things get tough. In addition to all of this, Jesus means to be our model and our Lord. In fact, the last thing that Jesus asks in that passage that we read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, he asks the rhetorical question, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? It's a very challenging question. Indeed, as we've already said, the goal of the Christian life isn't just about getting stuff from Jesus. The goal of the Christian life is being like Jesus more and more, day by day, step by step, step by step, because we're on a journey. Even if those steps are baby steps. But you can't even take baby steps when you're sitting down and you've set up camp somewhere. Indeed, you're not on a journey if you're sitting down. And you're not on a journey if you're not going anywhere. 
I always appreciated something my, a former professor of mine said, Norman Geisler, he, he, he used to say that even God can't direct a parked car. <laughs> he was a philosopher, by the way. Even God can't direct a parked car. Indeed, in order to be getting somewhere, you have to be moving. And you can't get to your final destination while parked, in a motion, parked motionless on the side of the road. And the intended destination of the Christian life is maturity in Christ. Paul talked about this in his letter to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. Where he wrote, and Christ gave to the church as gifts. He gave apostles. And he gave prophets, evangelists. He gave shepherds, or that is pastors and teachers. Why? To equip the saints, to equip believers in Christ for the work of ministry, for the doing of the one another's. Love one another, teach one another, encourage one another, challenge one another, love one another. For the building up of the body of Christ, not tearing it down, building it up. <laughs> Until we all attain to a, the unity of faith, knowing what we believe, and the knowledge of the Son of God. Not just, not just knowledge about, but experientially. I know Him. You know Him. To mature manhood or adulthood, we would say. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We mentioned this last week. Well, you know I'm not Jesus Christ. You're called to be. <laughs> I'm called to be. That's not an excuse. If you're failing, repent. <laughs> and God, if we, as the scriptures say, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And then move on <laughs> to maturity. To mature manhood or adulthood to the measure of this stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wave and carried about by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and by the craftiness and deceitful of people, deceitfulness of people who would deceive us. Rather, he says, speaking the truth and love to one another, we're growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Or if you like to be maturing in Christ continuously. It's always intrigued me how some Christians seem to shy away from seriously committing themselves to this, to this process that leads to maturity in Christ, concerned seemingly that if they were to really throw themselves into it, it'll somehow lead to something they don't like. <laughs> but truth be told, being spiritually mature is a lot more satisfying than being spiritually immature. In fact, you might do a little study, a little research, and see if that's not true. I found it to be true. People who are spiritually mature and are growing, they seem a great deal happier than those who aren't. <laughs> It's, 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 it's as satisfying, as much, as, as, as much more satisfying being adult than it is being a baby. 
Babies are crying all the time. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Indeed, those who are actively maturing in Christ more often than not are those who are faithful and growing in faith, those who are, are courageous and growing in courage, who are gracious and growing in grace, who are generous and growing in generosity, who are free and growing in freedom, who are joyful and growing in joy, who are peaceful and growing in peace, who are thankful and growing in gratitude and empowered by it, who are wise and growing in wisdom. And so what's not to like about any of that? Indeed, if, in, if developing such things like that in your own life sounds good, I want to encourage you to work the process. Step one, worship God regularly. Make worship a priority in your life. It was a priority in Jesus, just as we read in the New Testament, and he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He was customarily there. If you went, he'd be there. Step two, grow together faithfully. Take every opportunity that's presented you to learn and to grow together in your faith, together with other believers in small settings. Step three is serve others lovingly. Because serving others in love is the distinguishing mark of an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ and mature in Christ continuously. Commit yourself to becoming more and more like Jesus Christ in your private life, in your, in your home life, in your church life, in your business life, so that who we see is really you. And what we see, hopefully more often than not, is what Christ would look like if we saw him ourselves. Be a student of Christ, because you can't do what Jesus would do if you don't know what Jesus did. <laughs> Be a disciple. Learn what he did. Imitate what he did. And never stop. And watch things change. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Lord, what would the church be like if we were all chasing after you? What kind of church are we? Are we like the Corinthians? Or are we like the Philippians? Who were generous and, and persevering and joyful. <laughs> Are the Thessalonians, all kinds of churches, some that are chasing after you and some maybe that aren't chasing after you very hard. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that's chasing after you hard, not only because it's the right thing to do, but it's the good thing to do. It's the thing that will benefit us most. There's nothing to be lost and everything to gain. You are the light, and when we walk away, we walk into darkness. You are the life, and when we walk to you, we walk into life. When we walk away, we walk into death. There is nothing to be lost and everything to gain. Help us to do it, we pray, and start with me. In Jesus' name. Amen.